0: Listening to the Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky.
1: Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Geeks. I'm your host tonight, Andrew Bloom, and I'm calling in from my basement in London. I'm drinking a tall boy of Rickards Red, tasty drinking ale, loving it every minute. Let's see who else is on the thing.
0: If there's one thing I hear about that tasty drinking ale, it's tasty. Oh, hello, Internet. It's your pal Christian, fresh off the volleyball court and into the hearts of podcast fans everywhere. Tonight, for tonight's show, I am drinking a tall can of Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's one's for you, Nine from Twitter. Hello, Internet. Hello, world. Hello, Atomic
2: Geeks. Mike Downs here coming to you for the final time from Boxwood Crescent in Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. That's right, fans. I've got all my shit packed up in a truck, and I'm heading out of here tomorrow back to Ontario. I'm sitting in a lawn chair in my kitchen uh, surrounded by fucking garbage, and I'm drinking uh, the mo- the only thing I could be drinking on my last night in Nova Scotia, Alexander
3: Keese India Pale Ale. And hey, 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 I've got absolutely no interesting story to open with, but I'm (laughs) Michael DiGiovanni, and I'm in Toronto. uh, And for tonight's podcast, I'm drinking a king can of steam whistle, or as they call it in the hood, the whistle. Is that
1: what they call it? Uh
3: (laughs) (laughs) Some of those those street youths probably call it that.
0: Utes. The the youths. Yo, 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 hit me up with some of the. No whistle.
3: Da whistle. <laughs> That's man. Christian, me you're, Christian's
1: whistle. so street. <laughs> That's true. Well,
3: actually, I've, I was going to say, uh, has anyone seen Christian's new uh, profile picture or avatar on Twitter? <laughs> I've not. It's, uh, quite the, uh, it's quite the. It's quite the image, you know, I've, Christian, I've, I've, Christian.
0: Hours what? and hours working in Photoshop. You uh, you know, basically mastering that lens flare uh,
1: filter for crying mm-hmm. out loud. To make the tiniest little avatar ever.
3: You don't really have a
1: real job, do you, Christian?
0: Sometimes I do. Sometimes
1: I don't. I'll get emails from Christian sometimes. It'll just be him taking a a picture of himself off his work computer with, like, a scowl on his face. Go to bed.
0: (laughs) I'm like Kramer. You know, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. Just TCB, buddy. Taking
3: care of business. Nielsen Industries. (laughs) <laughs> but here it, the strike's over. <laughs> you know this is my crazy time of year. It's your third day.
1: <laughs> All right, now from quoting Seinfeld. Let's, uh, jokes. Before we uh before we get into tonight's topic, let's see if anybody has any geek news.
3: Geek news uh, Geek news. Uh right here, Mr. Bloom. Uh you know, it only seemed fitting that we continue to do the coverage of this ongoing geek news that we've spoken about, and that is the movies The Hobbits. We've talked about how, uh, uh, you know, for a few episodes on the podcast, we've talked about how Guillermo del Toro has dropped out, and they were trying to find a new director for these uh, two film projects. Well, here's the latest update, and I thought it was appropriate to mention on the Atomic Geeks podcast, geek news news. Uh, well, <laughs> according to a number of you know very reliable sources, including the Hollywood reporter, the, uh, the the latest news on The Hobbits is Peter Jackson is likely going to direct the two films. So I think uh, all of the the film fans and geeks everywhere are imminently going to get their wish. This has not been confirmed. But uh it's you know they're under in negotiation. so I don't really know who the fuck they're negotiating with and how long this takes. Considering Peter Jackson's already attached to this project, he's a producer of the
1: project. He's arguing <laughs> with himself. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, no, I want more money than that. Uh, <laughs> I'm listen. not going to do it. I'm like, you got to do it. I'm
2: not going to do, do it. You got to do it.
1: Pulling his putting own on belt. a pair of glasses,
3: taking off a pair of glasses, putting on a pair of glasses, <laughs> running around to <laughs> another side of the table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's he holding out for, though, eh? I want a trader with a hot
3: tub filled with champagne every single day. <laughs> All right, Peter,
1: I'll give it to myself.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, the, I mean, at this point, we're waiting it for it to be confirmed, but it's seeming extremely likely now that uh, Peter Jackson's going to return to Middle Earth. So I think a lot of fans can, one, breathe a sigh of relief, and two, can get, uh, you know, a gigantic fucking hard-on now for the, the Hobbits. Bang. That's where you got <laughs> to throw in that noise.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, it, it, it had to be him, though. I think, you know, to save these properties, I think, you know I'd say they're negotiating is? He's going, all right, if i got going to do this shit, you fuckers are giving me whatever I want. I want, you know, a whole trilogy based on... My cock and balls, you know what I mean? And they'll be like, okay, what else do you want? You know what I mean? Because at this point, (laughs) In In 3D, what are you talking about?
3: (laughs) Wearing it, wearing it. No, but you're right. He's probably getting, like, what they're probably negotiating on is he probably wants, you know, the biggest cut of fucking, you know, uh, of box office and Blu-ray DVD. You're right. He's probably saying from this point forward, any goddamn movie I want to make from a directing or producing standpoint, you just got to let me do, whether it's, you know, the GoBots fucking live-action film <laughs> or whatever.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I heard that. Actually, I heard that he was really pissed off and that that was his next project. And now I just, this
0: I just can't get the mental picture out of my head of this elderly couple going to see, like, an IMAX 3D movie. What's this movie called, Mildred? It's called well, Peter Jackson's Balls. I think it's about <laughs> sports.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's by Peter Jackson. It's got to be good. Whoa. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Christian, it was interesting because you
3: when, when we were talking about potential uh, directing candidates that would be good, you mentioned, hey, they should try to go and get uh, the director of District 9, Neil Blomkamp, whatever Nigel his Blomko. fucking name
1: is. Uh,
3: and he then... You know, I, Two days later, after, uh, you know, the one of our episodes came out and we were talking about it, all of a sudden a rumor popped up that Neil was going to be the director. And then all of a sudden it came out and went, uh, nope, no one's talked to me about this. So it was kind of to Downs' point here. After they had started scouring, like, you know, some really shitty directors like Brett Ratner, and then they went to a logical person like his District 9 protege, you're right. Who else could have done this but Peter Jackson at this point?
1: You know what else this proves is that the Hollywood reporter listens to the Atomic Geek. Well, that goes without saying, of course. Oh, of course they are. Hello, <laughs> Hollywood reporter. And those guys you, at the place?
0: Did you get my script? Have you checked it out yet? Passed it around <laughs> to some of your friends? <laughs> <laughs> you now, think? Now
2: is, is, is there only one Hollywood reporter? Or. Just he, one guy. He, 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 he is really busy. Really busy <laughs> yeah. making a whole magazine every he's month. Got like
1: <laughs> pencil sticking out of his hair. Six typewriters going into the. Six <laughs>
0: six. Eight phones <laughs> yeah, on his desk, different colors, are all ringing at the same time. <laughs> Hello, Hollywood Reporter. How's it gonna be? the
2: Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, that, he now he's that would like make it. It,
3: that would make a good movie. Because you're right, it's not plural. <laughs> it's not the Hollywood Reporters. It's just like that movie. Get someone. Get me the Hollywood Reporter.
1: That's the way it's going to be. See, i got to write the truth story. It's down to the DL and the Q key. <laughs> <laughs> so is he wearing, wearing, wearing a, fedora a fedora as well when he says and that? He's got and he, one of those what? huge press signs sticking out of his hat. <laughs> that's right. Stop the
0: presses. Lindsay Lohan. Sound of Music. Remake. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: just, that's pretty funny. That would be funny if you did it in modern times, but he's still, like, dressed like he's <laughs> in the... That's right. Still wear spats and suspenders (laughs) and a bow tie. That's it. I'm leaving here. I'm going to go write the script. Peter Jackson, call me. Uh, Before we get off geek news, there's one thing that I just wanted to mention, and this kind of goes out to, well, to everybody listening, but it also to Downs and Christian. You guys have talked so much about how much you love your iPhones. Like, it's seriously, the next app has to be, you know, the iPhone fucker so you can have sex with it. But. (laughs) The I, as you all know, Generation Four is coming out with the four G and the superpower and the hey hey. Uh, have you heard that it's garbage? I read on a, on a tech news site that if you do not hold your iPhone Four the right way, uh, it eliminates the whole uh, antenna and you can't even use it for a phone call.
0: Yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen two videos of this, and it's you know quite funny. I mean, this is basically. Uh, what You get what you get when you're one of these early adopters of technology. The bottom uh, left corner of the phone, if you hold it in your left hand and kind of crib it like you would normally a phone, like I would hold yeah. a phone, apparently yeah. it slowly blocks the antenna. So if you're talking with somebody while holding this phone in that way, it will slowly cut your bars down and eventually cancel your call. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not good. Um, <laughs> apparently the one way to uh, combat this is, A, don't hold it like that. Or B, uh, get yourself uh, a protective case, which will will solve the problem for see,
1: you. Now, isn't that doesn't that seem a little funny? That like I don't know how much Apple is into the accessories and protective cases. Like I mean, you see them everywhere by third parties. But isn't it a bit odd that they're like the only way to fix it is to buy more stuff?
2: Well, uh, you know, if I, if I let me jump in because uh, I my iPhone's gone, so I'm you know definitely I have iPhone envy. Um, a lot of people who have iPhones, in my opinion, although I didn't, have these cases. Um, I think you know uh, a lot of people have the fact that they spend a bunch of money on this thing, want to protect it. So yeah. most people I know who who have had iPhones for a while have them in cases. Now I I didn't. Christian, I probably
0: assume because you just got yours, you probably didn't as well. Is that correct? No, no. I bought a case the day I bought. Oh, the phone. you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I I treat phones like shit. If uh, you ever seen in my recent uh, cell phones, yeah, like they look like battle-scarred veterans of, like, world wars. I protect that that, that piece of equipment.
2: No, and especially especially because, you know, it, I, have a, I had a tiny scratch on mine. Uh, it's so sensitive and the touch is so great, you definitely want to have a case for it. But if I could uh, also comment on the, you know, like, Christian's totally bang on that, you know, this is a brand-new version of a phone and it's got a bug, you know, and so they're saying right off the bat, here's the easiest fix. Use your other fucking hand. Uh, you go to a doctor, you say, it hurts when I chew. The doctor says, don't fucking chew anymore, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's the easiest fucking thing is to not do the behavior. <laughs> don't don't hold yeah. it in your fucking left hand. You know what I mean? Or, but if you're left-handed, that's a bit of a problem. Okay, maybe get a case. Ultimately, I would say if this is something that is uh, that Apple can replicate, this will be – they'll take these back and they'll get replaced. So oh, for sure. I mean, you know, that, that's – when when you're on the bleeding edge, you know, that's the little bit of the price you pay, you know, because that shit happens. But that's also, also
3: to – But that's also to Christian's point is that or to Andrews, whoever said it was, this is the fear of being an early adopter of technology is like a lot of people are also saying, you know, with the iPad where they're like, I'm going to hold out because we know that this sort of isn't going to be the greatest version of this. Like, you know, something you take, you run that risk when you're trying to jump on at, you know, the first base sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Well, for, for sure, you know, to talk about that for a second, you know. So uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the actual podcast, but you know, for Father's Day, my wife was like, "Happy Father's Day," and she had my buddy, uh, the Ansty man, mock up an iPad because she doesn't know how to buy one, and this was like, you know. <laughs> Make one, and you'll get that, and that'll mean he'll you go buy one, and then it's yours, right? Well, wait a minute. Well, she you're, doesn't you're, know how, how
3: to buy one. What is this? What, That's what, a well, store. Well, well, what
0: do what, I do? No. Oh, I, I wish I had a wife sure. who didn't know how to buy things. My life would be a hell of a lot easier. Whoa. Sure. She doesn't listen to the podcast. You, you can't <laughs> get them in store in Canada, first of all. You know what I mean? They're sold out, at
2: least down here, everywhere. So you were talking about something online.
3: Oh, I thought you and meant like your wife wasn't aware of like how f- we live in, an, in a uh, <laughs> like a commerce and like how to do a, <laughs> a transaction. No. Hand up the money, honey. And, and then, then Mike met, her on, a com- <laughs> Mike no, met her on a commune. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> no, it, it, the other thing is that she would never buy me technology because she would think she would fuck it up anyways. And I wouldn't want her to either. Mm-hmm. So this was a way to say, hey, you know, when let's get an iPad for you. You know what I mean? What did
1: he? What did he make it out of?
2: Uh, I don't know, but I took take a picture of it. Well, it's packed up now, but it's, it's it actually looks pretty fucking good, actually. The Insta pretty good at that shit. Um but, but so the, the point is, is though, is that in fact, you know what I mean, is that in thinking about it, you know, A, so the iPads only just come out in Canada. So, you know, you I actually went to go out and buy one that day. You can't, at least down in the East Coast, you can't walk out and buy one. They're sold out unless you want to buy the, you know, the biggest highest one which i don't want to do um and then the other thing is that when you start to think about this especially again i've mentioned uh sometimes i go to this website called deal extreme and the interesting thing and i've said this before uh, about what the ipad is is it's not necessarily what the ipad itself is is what it's changing about computer interfaces and and computers the fact that people are going to be carrying around a seven inch touchscreen computer is 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 way more important than the fact that the that that, you know, the name of the iPad, people kept making fun of it. And so when you see these things on this website for like 100 or 200 bucks, and they're Windows 7, and they have all kinds of way more uh, uh, open uh, operating system than, than Apple does with the iPad, I, you start to go, actually, maybe an iPad isn't a good idea. Maybe someone else is going to come along with something that, especially someone like me, who's kind of very, very, very geeky, you know, I, I want to really have a lot of control. Maybe the iPad's not the right thing. It's a bit hard to say, you know, honestly, because I love Mac too, but uh, I hear what you're saying, DJO.
3: Well, I think the iPad is the right thing, in my own opinion. I just don't know if the – I'm just thinking the iPad 2 or the iPad Alt Alpha or uh, the iPad Omega or whatever the
1: fuck is going to come out in six months is going to be the smarter purchase. No, totally agree. Totally agree. And before we get too much onto our tech topic, let's uh, let's go out of geek news and uh, head into our uh – our topic of the night. Goodbye, right? Geek
0: News. Goodbye. Bye. See, see you tomorrow or next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going so to of all Geek News. Oh, <laughs> tonight, tonight's episode, is, as as you guys know and everyone listening will find out, is a uh, l- listener-submitted episode. That means someone's getting a T-shirt. Oh, oh, oh. I was waiting <laughs> for some sound effect. I, thought I be hope it's my this.
0: topic. <laughs> oh, uh. boy.
3: No, I was just um, trying to think of what, what kind of sound effect do I make for a t shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's him putting it on. <laughs> I'm a shirt in the shape of a T.
3: Hey. All right. Stop dry uh, cleaning.
0: 100%
3: laundry. <laughs> oh, I had to call. <laughs> Did you just say laundry? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Calgon, take me away. Wash it cold, it'll shrink a bit. <laughs>
1: uh, so, uh, I immediately regret throwing that out for noises. But, um, the, uh, the, the winning uh, submission for this one was submitted to us by Cordy. Now, Cordy's Cordy from Kentucky, I believe Christian was telling me. Um, Cordy's asking, what is the best adaptation into a movie uh, that, that we know of? So what we're going to look at tonight is, is adaptations from books, comic books, video games, and, of course, television. This is the Atomic Geeks. We like to talk about geeky things. And, uh, Cordy, that was... Uh, huh? You laughing at me again? I'm going to come over there. Uh, excellent submission, Cordy. We saw that one right away, and we're like, this deserves something. Well, we have T-shirts. Let's give them that. So when we... Uh, let's get started tonight. Uh, I'm going to start, and I'm going to throw it out there in a topic and see who's got something to, that they want to talk about. We kind of want to talk about what we have for uh, our favorite adaptation. Um, now, did anybody have a book adaptation into a film that they wanted to talk about? I did. Who was that? <laughs> is that? It's Mike
2: Downs. Jesus. My, my <laughs> name is Mike Downs. I've,
1: I've never met this guy in, the in the my game. life. I'll be honest with you. This is the first time I've ever heard his voice. I'm one
0: of the atomic geeks. I'm <laughs> on the right. website. Yeah, this is episode 72. We don't know our names by now. <laughs>
3: Hi, my name is Andrew You're Bloomberg. the godfather of my son, for Christ's sake. <laughs>
0: You were the best man at my wedding. <laughs>
3: oh, my God, we share the same blood type,
0: remember? <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Mr. Downs.
2: Okay, so um, thinking about this one, you know, um, this was a little bit difficult uh, for me. I had been a little bit preoccupied, and so one definitely jumped out at me the most, and it was a, a book, a work of fiction. And uh, so first I'll admit that uh, back in the 90s, I was a bit of a Stephen King fan, um, and read pretty much everything he did. And in fact, most, uh, Stephen King adaptations aren't very good. Um, but this one I thought is, is probably the, one of the best, uh, that I, that I could think of in, in this short amount of time. Anyways, book to film adaptations. And I'm talking about the movie with James Caan and, um, some other woman. Kathy <laughs> Bates. Kathy Bates. It's called Misery. Oh, okay. Um, you know, if you, the, the, for me specifically, that book was, uh, very, very, uh, very good. I couldn't put it down. I remember, um, uh, specifically when that book came out, a lot of people in paperback around my high school were reading it like nonstop. It got passed around to a lot of people. And so when that food, when that movie came out, I remember, you know, being quite excited about it. And, and while it wasn't exact to it, it was pretty fucking damn close. And I think even if it didn't win an Oscar it was Oscar nominated.
3: Well, she, won the, she won the Oscar for Best Supporting yeah. Actress. I know right. that. Right,
0: right,
1: right. That she was, was aw- the- she was awesome in that movie, though. Jesus. Well, isn't that's kind of what her breakout role wasn't? I know she'd been acting before, but after that one, everyone's like, "Holy shit, who's Kathy Bates and why is she scary?" No, that she it put her on the map.
3: That that is for sure. It, as, you know, I'll echo Christian's statement there. It's a terrifyingly good per, uh, performance. Uh, it's what she'll be remembered for. Maybe with also getting horribly naked in that Jack oh. Nicholson film, which uh, is still burned into my brain. Uh, but uh, it, now Downs, would you say that this is just your favorite, or you think it's the best film adaptation of any Stephen King book?
2: Um, ah, good question. I mean, it's definitely, it's it probably be my favorite. Uh. Um, well. You know,
1: was, it's, it's funny that, it's funny that you mentioned that too. Downs, like when you brought up, you're talking about Stephen King, there's the one that popped into my head and then you said misery. And I was like, oh, this is not well, what, this is not what I thought. Well, exactly. and it's funny. It,
2: well, and it's funny just when you said that, because, you know, I, I didn't think of anything else until DJ just questioned me. And I got to say, um. Fuck Cujo, Christine, and Carrie are all fucking fine fucking adaptations, you know. No, but did you uh-huh. read those books though? Did you read Cujo yeah. and Carrie? Yeah, I, I did. Cujo. Yeah, I did. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um. So, well, the the difference is, in fact, um, you know, again, some of those were better, probably films even than stories. Cujo was a little bit different, actually, the, the book. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it actually was more of a short story, I
1: think, if I remember correctly.
2: I read well, all that well, shit back.
1: The, the book that I was going to talk about was another Stephen King one, but actually it would be cheating a little bit because it's a short story and not a uh, full-length novel or anything. But this is one that you would not think Stephen King, but I bet you everyone out there went, wait a minute, what about Shawshank Redemption? No, and I was going to say, and that actually that's where I thought Downs was going with his because I think yeah. that one is
3: universally thought of as – One of Uh, the greatest
1: films ever made?
3: I I suppose that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: but sorry, I was going to say, I I think it's probably considered a better film than a story. And even if you look at The Green Mile, you know what I mean? Uh, Some of those stories I don't think were
3: necessarily as good as as they were actually on film. But doesn't that make it a great adaptation then? Like really? Well, 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 sure, sure.
2: Sure, but I guess when when I was asked my favorite, what I like about Misery was that I love the story and it was so perfectly
0: brought to life. So to me, Mm -hmm. that... God yeah, being that, the that's the key, though. That's what makes it a great adaptation. I think if you take a great product, a source material, a great piece of source material that makes it into a great movie. Yeah. Right? So, you, I, like, I mean, you read, you've read you read a bunch of Stephen King. Of all the Stephen Kings, this book stood out for you specifically that, that was made into a movie. Not Cujo, not Carrie. Even though those are Carrie, I guess, is somewhat a decent movie. But Cary, Misery specifically said that was a good translation from book to movie.
3: And I think the other thing is, too, and I know, Downs, you've mentioned this a couple times. And this, and I'm sure we're, this is going to come up throughout this conversation that it's li- it's very hard to do a direct translation of a- any work of fiction, be it, you know, book, comic, whatever. But we'll get into that. But I think the other thing is, too, is at least in my opinion – what maybe makes a film a great adaptation of something is that even that it, it maybe improves on the original source material, because I think I've heard from people having not ever read Misery, the book, did they take some creative license in, in some sequences in that, the, the movie, I mean, like did they flush parts out or kind of take some, uh, go in a different direction than the book?
2: Not, not really. I mean, the only thing that was very different was the actual um, hobbling of his legs. Um, was was done a little bit different but um cuz i think actually in the book he gets one cut off you know what i mean whereas in the oh. in the in the uh if if i remember correctly but seriously this has been like 20 years but you know in in the movie she like breaks his leg right yeah. so but oh, that's, that's but you awesome. know the whole idea of him like getting going through getting out with the wheelchair and like sneaking out right and then getting back in the room and getting caught and like the suspense of that was really Captured very well in a book, and, and they did a really good job of capturing it again on film too. So, yeah, but I I, I I totally hear what you're saying, DJ. I mean, some some great adaptations.
0: Obviously, I guess making it better is obviously considered good. I mean, fuck, yeah, because that movie was totally built on goddamn suspense. I still remember that fucking penguin that was on that frigging uh, dress or whatever, and it was pointed the wrong way because you're just always and adjusting things Is going on. It's like, fuck, he's fucked,
2: you know? Exactly, and, and that like that was literally out of the book, right? Like, Oh, uh, really? That, that, like that exact penguin, or if not that exact penguin, like that thing where he knocked something over, put it back, and she saw it, and then, you know, did whatever.
1: You know, I have to say, books books have to be one of the hardest things for people to adapt or, or, or to make into a film because you got to think most of these books are like five, six, seven hundred pages. And you have to streamline that down into like an hour and a half, two hours. But on top of that, on top of the fact that you're just taking so much quantity and and, and, uh, and blah, so many words, they, uh, the thing is, is like most people who read a novel, either they you know sit and read slowly or they skip through the whole thing. In your mind, when you read it, you create your own movie. You create your own picture. You know, you cast it even, some people do, I'm sure of it, you know what I mean? So, like, when it comes to watching the movie, you can't help but disappoint most people.
3: Mm. Yeah, you know, that's very true, Andrew. And the thing is, too, is uh, a book can flesh out characters better than any film. I mean, it's almost impossible to, I mean, because you can have inner monologue and uh, descriptive and, you know, so much uh, ability in books where you can spend chapters and chapters and pages and pages really identifying a character, it, it's sometimes near impossible, to your point, to kind of ever bring someone truly to life the same way. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, as you you know, you know brought up Shawshank Redemption. I didn't want to gloss over that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, Downs' is Misery, Stephen King, say what you will, he has been a fucking, like, fountain of translation to film. Like, his yeah. material has been i mean i would argue i mean unless i'm wrong i don't know the actual stat here but he would have to be probably one of the most uh, adapted writers uh, to film in history i would yeah. think
0: don't yeah well two of his short stories were in contention for best adapted screenplay for o- o- oscars uh, uh his shawshank redemption story which is which is a short story which was called reader hayworth and the shawshank redemption was nominated in 1994 and in 1986, his story uh, "The Body," which was uh, translated into the movie "Stand by Me," was also nominated for an Oscar.
2: It's just—it's right. It's, right. Awesome I mean, Oscar. fucking Jesus Christ, "Stand by Me." There is a—I mean, you want to talk about a great fucking film? You know what I mean? Yeah. Pro- pro- again, probably better than the story. Actually, the story—the story again—that's probably almost a very literal translation again.
3: But um, it's just interesting that. Him as a writer, I mean, granted, he's a popular fucking writer, so his name, uh, you know, has weight, but it's just unbelievable. I mean, I I can't think uh, of another person. You know, I know Michael Crichton and fucking, uh, you know, Lawyer McGee, who wrote all those fucking, uh, the you know, know, John Grissom fucking guy who has all he writes about is fucking southern lawyers. Uh, But uh, I can't think of somebody more than Stephen King that has, I do, I know one. Who?
1: <laughs> the, but I mean, really, I don't even that, know if Shakespeare I mean, like got back that in movies. That, I
2: mean, I'm actually joking. There's, there's probably not even yeah. Shakespeare. If
1: you went, well, if you went percentage-wise, obviously J.K. Rowling. What did she write? Harry Potter, and every single one became a movie. But, no, but, yeah, but even that's, then, that,
2: that, that's only five or six movies, though. So. It's even even talk about has- television
0: and movies. That guy's like freaking got shit all over the fucking place. Oh like, yeah, pro- like
2: like like probably twenty or thirty adaptations. And part of it's because he's been writing for years too. I mean,
0: there's he's written so many books. Yeah. Well so it- written that many books? And then the ironic part is, I don't know if it's ironic or not, but I'm going to say it's ironic. Is that the and the one time he actually writes something specifically for the theater, and what did he direct it himself? It goes freaking falls to shit for crying out loud. What movie was that? Maximum Overdrive.
1: Oh yeah, that was my but, favorite movie of all time.
0: No, I only like that well, movie because it had the Green Goblin on that front of that truck. It's like that's a Green
2: Goblin. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and ACDC was the soundtrack. Who made who? But <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, Stephen King was in a car accident a few years ago, and after that, his writing style has definitely changed. Um, and some people even, uh, you know, believe that his wife might be doing some of his writing now because everything's done from like the female perspective in the last ten years. He hasn't done kind of a male-focused story or whatever. Um, so that's kind of weird. But, I mean, the guy has been writing for, seriously, 20, 30 years. I stopped around Dolores Claiborne, I think, which was seriously 10 years ago. I stopped reading that guy's work, and he's and he's still been putting shit out since then.
1: Okay. Does anyone else have a, a, a book? Yeah, I do. I have a book. Who's that?
0: Hey! <laughs> Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Christian. I'm a member of the Atomic Geeks podcast, and I'd like to submit a book. as one of my favorite adaptations to film, if you don't mind. Do it. <laughs> Uh, now I can't remember uh, if I see if I watched the movie first or I read the book first. I think I read I watched the movie first and then I read the book. But regardless, uh, that book is called uh, High Fidelity, and it is written oh. by uh, Nick Hornby. Uh, now this is a, a, a probably my my most favorite best example of how an adaptation should work, how an adaptation just is the the most beautiful thing in the world. Because first of all, great book, fantastic book, you know, uh, it takes place in London, Uh, the character is interesting, interesting things happen in the book, like any book should happen, blah, blah, blah. But the adaptation of the movie of this book, uh, which you remember was starring John Cusack, so on, so on, so on, it takes place in Chicago, and there's a, just that little element of difference that kind of separates it but still links them together that makes it kind of special. And again, the movie on its own, fucking
1: fantastic movie. Great, great movie. Love this. Yeah, I love, love, love that movie. I've never read the book. But if anyone out there who likes John Cusack or Jack Black or even just a dude, if you're out there and you're a dude, watch this movie. This is a great movie, especially for collectors because they, they, they he's a, a record collector in this one owns a record store and i just love how he lists everything in that movie this is awesome that
0: that would be my dream job there is just basically you know paid enough to comfortably support my family and just sit around and shoot the shit with a bunch of jackasses all day long like basically doing the atomic geeks podcast but every day
3: well that's what i was going to say that the thing that's neat about uh that movie is it literally is almost the dna or blueprint for a podcast like the the way the way those guys sit around and they talk the like guys, like they sit around and shoot the shit the way guys do. Like we're uh, doing your top five of this and top five of that. I remember when I saw that, I was like, this felt real. That was that that felt so accurate. The way yeah. you know a group of guys would just shit around, sit around, and just kind of shoot the shit.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. that's the key though. They're shooting the shit. You know what I mean? They're talking so passionately about not that music. I mean, they're talking passionately about their passions to some people. This may be bullshit. The very fact that they're engaging in this innocuous detailed conversation is just fucking fascinating and fucking so cool. But it was so
3: that I, I felt that movie was so uh, perceptive in the way that it tapped into the guys, the mentality mm -hmm. of guys. You're right. Even though, uh, you know, it's, if music isn't your thing, Whoever you are, groups of guys anywhere, whether they're talking about sports, they're talking about movies, fucking comic books or whatever, that's how we talk. You know what I mean? Like we have these in-depth, long, fucking, as Christian said, passionate conversations about shit we love. And, I, you know, I'm not saying women don't do that, but it's just, it's, it's a real, as andrew said a dude thing and i think and i and i agree it's a fucking great movie and it's one of the ones that, as soon as you said it i was like i gotta watch that again because uh it's been a yeah. long long time since and i've you, seen it
0: and if you get a chance if you haven't if you see the movie you thought it was a great movie let me tell you right now jerkheads, fucking read that book it's just different enough and is a lot more top five lists in that book that just make it you know very very interesting
1: that was probably uh one of jack black's sort of first high profile gigs eh for sure for sure i i don't even know what he did before that at, at the time it's like hey who's this guy and this is the first introduction this is what made it at the time such a great movie because you're seeing jack black's character or personality for the for you know one of the first times and it's it's unique and that's yeah. a bet. that I agree, Andrew that's a thing.
3: It's like now you see him in a fucking movie, and you're like he's playing Jack Black again, but you always get every actor gets one movie where they can play themselves, and you can go, that guy's fucking awesome because let's be honest, the first time people saw Rocky, people were like that fucking Stallone guy was amazing in that, and that was that was you're right we before we were burnt out of Jack Black, and I'm using air quotes there like that you got to see that personality and he was fantastic in in that movie
2: uh, okay, way back to the beginning. It's a movie called High Fidelity. No, um uh, just to, you know, on the Jack Black score. Actually, uh, he was in the movie The Cable Guy. In fact, uh, he was uh, Buddy's best friend, and so that's the actual, real first appearance of his character. And you start to get it. But you're totally right. This was the time. This was the movie. You know, the whole the whole scene where he ha- uh, he's like, "I got a band who can play at this release party." Sonic Death Monkey. You know what I mean? And and who this <laughs> character, is, who you expect this band to be, and then who they turn out to be was fucking, you know, perfect, perfect, as Mike said, Jack Black, you know, at his finest before we got Jack Blacked out. Um, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. what, 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 one of the things I think this that well, that is great, about I think Christian may have said this back in the beginning, What or one of my favorite things about the movie anyways, was that the kind of idea of the the collecting culture uh, was, was done very well in this movie. Like, it didn't seem geeky to be obsessed with records you know what i mean like this guy had a history of hot women sure you know he couldn't figure out why he couldn't keep them but he did ultimately figure it out um but you know it actually for someone who was that feels like that type of age it kind of made it seem like yeah you know what there are people who are adults and you know are are obsessed with things just like you are and I, i thought it was really good at uh you know, examining that topic pretty and well. You, and you know, Downs, I
3: think what, what what's interesting too is that whole idea of doing the lists and the collecting. It, it felt authentic, like where this could have been used uh, in a lesser writer or a lesser, uh, you know, actors or filmmakers. It could have felt like sort of a a little bit of a trick they could have used for the for the filmmaking, but here it felt. Real, like it felt like actual guys that they were just put a camera on
1: who were sitting in a record shop shooting the shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt yeah. real for sure, hundred yeah. percent. Like that's a that's a great a great pick for that, Christian. uh sure. Before I move out of books, I want to just keep changing it up a little bit. Obviously, have to mention Lord of the Rings. I don't know if we even have to get into it because we talk about it all the time. But what a great adaptation! I think it's rare. At least I thought it was rare coming into tonight where you get a movie that's actually better than the books. Now, I have to be careful here because I might be, you know, saying some blasphemy. But I think if I had an I had an option of watching Lord of the Rings again or reading the books, I would probably watch the movies, which is not always the case. And, and I think you guys have mentioned a few movies tonight that you kind of liked maybe as much as or better than the books. Well, the thing about, uh, Andrew, and this, uh,
3: you know, I-, I would agree totally because... The thing is, great source material, don't get me wrong, but Tolkien is motherfucking verbose. I mean, he will spend 70 pages describing a fucking meadow. Like, let's yeah, be exactly. honest. Like, exactly. That's, it's it's that's, too much. Like, I mean, so uh, you're right. I mean, if you had to go, if you were teaching an English class, show the fucking trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, it, for my personal taste, it's... <laughs>
0: It's a better. It's a better Listen, version of. Kids, don't read the whole book. Go to the store. Get the Cole's notes or the whatever cheaters notes, and read that instead.
3: <laughs> but I mean, let's. I'll be honest. I mean, I, 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 I think Tolkien has got a great uh, world-building mind. I think he is so creative and has influenced countless people, especially you know, for one, George Lucas. But is he the greatest writer? Uh, I, I uh, from or have the greatest writing style that I like in particular. Okay. I find it a bit, uh, it's
1: it's kind of it. long. I, I couldn't. It's kind of hard to get through for yeah. my taste. Is he the best writer ever? Give me six weeks and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he takes definitely takes his time. But uh, you can't fault Peter Jackson, or you can't or Tolkien for the fact that he supplied such wonderful material for those movies. Obviously, Peter Jackson did a fantastic job because everybody wants him to do the Hobbit. Yeah. Okay, moving on, I wanted to get into another topic because we could probably talk about books all day. Um, It's another one, obviously, a favorite of everyone here. Uh, I'm talking about adapting comic books and graphic novels to film. Um, One thing I I wanted to do, I I grabbed a top 20 list from a website called uh, Fandomania. I don't know if you've ever been to it. And I found their list a bit strange, so I'm not going to do it all at once. It's a top 20 list. Maybe I'll do five, and then we can get into see who's got one. A top 20 uh, comic book or graphic novels turned into movie. Number 20, Blade Two, That was in 2002. Number 19, The Punisher. Uh, The 2004 version. Which, okay. Uh, Number 18, and I'm surprised it's so high up on the list, V for Vendetta. That one's awesome.
0: Oh, you're surprised it's not higher up on the list.
1: I'm surprised it's not high. I'm surprised not lower. What I don't know why you want to say higher. I mean, like closer to closer number one. to number one. Number seventeen, Hellboy two. Uh, and number sixteen, three hundred. We'll see as we as we go on there. But let's let's see what what choices uh, anyone else has out there. And I can imagine that DJ Vanny might have one of these.
3: I I do have one of those. Surprise, surprise. You know the when we start thinking about comic book adaptations, this is the one where people have surprisingly the most license because uh, very very irregular does someone actually adapt a complete graphic novel or comic book story. We take a Superman is in comic books let 's make a Superman movie and they create an original story so that that seems to be the trend. A lot of the times, but as as graphic novels continue to mature, they're starting to do that more and more where they're actually going like American Splendor and things like that, uh, a history of violence, and taking those directly. My uh, example of a fantastic translation is one that takes it very literal. And for that, to me, I think if you want to look at a great translation, look no further than... Sin City by Robert uh, Rodriguez.
0: Motherfucker, yeah.
3: this was- is a fan fucking tastic movie. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has probably seen it, but if you haven't, what the fuck is your problem? But uh, this is a you know an example of literally using a graphic novel as like the storyboards for uh, you know for a movie. I mean, that's I mean, it was almost like you it was brought to life completely on the silver screen. Uh, they took a couple of Frank Miller's uh, classic stories from his runs on Sil- uh, on Sin City, and you know even so much that Robert Rodriguez brought in uh, Frank Miller as a co director on the film, and they actually never credited anyone as writers for the film. I believe that yeah, because
0: Robert, Robert Rodriguez freaking basically quit the the uh, Directors Guild or whatever the heck it was to actually make sure that uh, Frank Miller got co-credit in creating that movie wasn't that the deal?
3: Yes, that's that that is true and if you actually watch the film credits, I don't believe there's anyone that actually cre- there is no credit to screenplay because they are pretty much using the book as the source material. Now beyond just saying, wow, that's a clever little technique that they use, it still makes a fucking phenomenal goddamn movie. The the look of this film is awesome. The acting in this is top notch. Let I would say I would dare say this is Mickey Rourke's true first rebirth in film before the wrestler, even though he's hidden quite a bit under makeup. But uh just a fucking amazing film and a true translation of a fucking comic book.
0: I I cannot agree with you anymore on any topic we have done in the history of of the Atomic Geeks podcast, because <laughs> this is also uh, one of my picks as well. And I remember distinctly seeing this movie with my wife, and we saw a matinee or something like that. And then watching this, and so much kind of like of the scenery hitting me in the head. Coming home, dragging the trade paperback out of my like out of the basement, and showing my wife, look. There, like frame by frame, panel by panel from the comic, Rodriguez had used specifically for the film for all shooting and framing, whatever. I mean, based on his direct, uh, his creation of that movie, he, they, Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez deserve co credit on that film. It's
1: yeah, so bloody apparent it's not even funny. Most of the time in superhero movies, like DJ was saying, Superman, Batman, Spider Man, they just go, "I'm taking your intellectual property and I'm going to make my own movie out of it."
3: Well, and this so, is why you could almost say that this is like a uh, similar to a book adaptation than it is a comic book. Because as comic books, as we said, in the past, it was just use said character. Spider-Man's going to be in a movie, but it's not any comic you've ever fucking read of Spider-Man. It's just him in a movie with all of his supporting cast. This, And I'm not saying those films aren't great. Uh, because we could get into the uh, other ones, but Sin City just popped to mind with it because you know, despite the fact that it is so wow, you can look back at the comic book itself and go wow, scene for scene, uh, panel for panel. But when you, it's, I mean, it makes a fucking compelling film. I mean, it was a compelling film. I remember watching it and saying, you, you know, he dare he made a fucking great, the arguably one of the greatest comic book films. But he made a damn good fucking crime movie as well. I say this is Robert Rodriguez's best film he's ever made. I still think to this day it's easily the best piece of fiction he's put up on the screen. But it's just, it is so good. And you got to give a lot of credit to Frank Miller because the story of Sin City and the world that he created here is fucking badass. Uh, and I just think, I, I, to me, this is balls awesome and I just can't wait to watch it again.
0: You know, I'd like to say, uh, you know, I want to wax on poetic too I'm much in this movie, but yeah. you can almost not call it an adaptation. If anything, in a weird kind of way, it's almost like a translation, you know. You're just basically <laughs> just taking just it fun. verbatim, taking it from, like, one language to another, you know, the the printed page to the, the film, you know, the cinematic reel, so to speak.
2: What I liked about the conversation was, in the beginning, was how we were talking about how that most, you know, most films aren't direct adaptations, and so... By that criteria, Sin City specifically, by far and away, is is amazing. And 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 so another one I thought of though in the same genre, I guess. And so while I was thinking of this, was I was thinking about The Watchmen, because The Watchmen again is another specifically ad- adapted or or again almost translated. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not the Dark Knight. It's not a, a unique story. So, you know, and, and when I, when you guys are talking about Sin City, I remember loving it when I saw it, and then I, but I'm like, but I've never really watched it again. So I'm like, hmm, that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that one's definitely Sin City. I've seen more than once, and and it's it's great. Watchmen uh, is a, is another good one. I'm surprised. We're not surprised it wasn't brought up, because it just was. Hello. Um, And that one's another one that that is very, very true to uh, Alan Moore's original.
0: And that was good, too. I mean, obviously, the only difference in that adaptation is essentially the
3: ending. And the fact that they had to leave a lot of stuff out. There is literally nothing left out of Sin City. I mean, he, he keeps the entire story into it. And that doesn't necessarily make it. Good, just because he did that. But I, I'm saying that this, this whole concept of translation versus adaptation that we've kind of gone on about, uh, you know, that's what Sin City was. Watchmen was, you know, I think, and we're seeing this movement now in, as, you know, comic book movies have become a new genre, not unlike Westerns and crime fiction and blah, 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 that uh, the, you're going to move away from just doing Iron Man. And it's going to be about Iron Man and some wacky adventure uh, to taking material like uh, Watchmen, like, uh, you know, whatever's next. You know, uh, there's talk of they're going to do Frank. Well, I mean, obviously 300 that was on that list that you mentioned, Andrew, that yep. taking these uh, sol- these properties and doing them in their entirety, doing the uh, treating them yeah, like doing them books, justice. doing yeah, them yeah. like
1: books. Yeah. We're yeah. saying this is a story. We're not just taking a character. Yeah, you get the, they get the respect they deserve type of thing. Where, like for me, I I had put down and this is not a, a a direct adaptation, but Batman Begins is one of my favorite Batman movies. Obviously, I also like um, the Dark Knight, but Batman Begins, I really really enjoyed that. And now that one is supposed to be a very loose adaptation, or at least they've taken elements from uh, Miller's Batman Year One, and yeah, know, I think I think, I think it, it, it went to to screen pretty well.
0: Are you kidding me? If that's a reference of Batman year one, Loose is a very good description of
1: that. Well, yes. Elements. The the best thing that they say is they took elements of that or even maybe just the feel of it. Well, and I think that's what we have to think of comic books outside of what
3: Downs brought up Watchmen and the Sin City example. When you're thinking of these uh, comic books, the rest of them you have to kind of just – Say they're adapting the character, right? And uh, you know, Batman Begins. I just got to say, I find it a little overrated. That's my personal opinion. I I didn't love it. I liked it, it that it was, uh, you know, kind of uh, breaking new ground from the fucking Joel Schumacher complete horseshit. That's,
1: that's why I was so happy with it, and the but, fact that I love um, yeah. Origin stories. Yeah, but I to me I I, I just didn't love
3: uh, Christopher. I didn't think Christopher Nolan's style worked yet in that film, and I think it really came together on the Dark Knight. That's just my opinion, but uh, Batman Begins has a lot of good things about it, but I I didn't love that film.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean in well, comparison you know, uh, to Schum- how Schumacher ended that his own friggin' black mark on that friggin' character. Pretty much anything after that would look like friggin' chocolate cake to any dessert-hungry fool, for crying out loud. I was wondering where you were going with that. um, But, I mean, to Andrew's point, I do love that movie. I love a good origin story. I mean, I'm not going to get into a whole critical conversation about friggin' Dark Knight Begins or whatever, the friggin' the first Batman. But, I mean, I still did enjoy it. You know, just to throw my two cents
2: in here, you know, uh, big Batman fan as well. Batman Begins is, is okay, honestly. You know, it's, it's not great. Um, it's got some really cool shit in it, but, um, you know, the, the ending and, and how, what it really happens with Raz Al Ghul and, and uh, you know, the whole, it just, it kind of falls apart, I think, at the end. It doesn't really execute very well, but the tumbler and, you know, setting up Morgan Freeman's character and, and setting up Christian Bale as Batman in terms of what, Batman Begins needed to do so that the Dark Knight could do what it needed to do. Both, you know, goals were 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 completed, and that's what Batman Begins gets you. Of the two me- movies, it's not the best one, you know.
1: Obviously, yeah.
2: no, of course, not. But 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 you know, it's he, when you go back and you watch it now, it's like you know, okay, so he he, okay, here's here's Bruce, you know, you know, going through his training, you know, and this, it, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you'll watch it once, but you won't necessarily watch it again, you know, twice. The weirdest
0: thing about Batman for me, though, the reason I think personally how it doesn't have that – although there are great movies, it doesn't have that certain personal attachment to me is because I don't think even all the cinematic freaking expertise that we have, they'll never, ever able to get the costume right. It always has to be about the armor. It can never be about, like, the man in a belt, so to speak. It's always – and that's what bothers me, just that little touch about Batman.
2: Well, you know, you know, just to you know, it, it, it's I would say that we were pretty gosh darn close with how the the dark uh, the Arkham Asylum game came. So, you know, in terms of what we're seeing with uh the visualization of these comic books come to life, we're seeing more accurate
0: representations every day. So hopefully it's only gonna get better. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm nitpicking. I, I I I I granted I am nitpicking. I
1: I agree. Shut up, nitpicker. Uh, huh. Let me just let me just quickly go down some more on that list. Since I've started, I better finish it. Uh, number fifteen, Dick Tracy is on the list. Um, That's actually not a bad movie.
3: I I, I actually have to say I, I I enjoyed that. I know it was kind of uh, maybe I don't know. I don't want to know if it was critically panned, but it was trying. It, it came out the year after Tim Burton's. Okay. I don't know panned. if it was
1: panned. But panned. Have, have
0: I? I knew TJ was going to say he liked that movie. By the way, but has anybody on this podcast actually read the comic strip? No, I, I, no,
3: you probably. I have a book. Anyway. Well, and you, uh, what, so what are you saying? Is it like a terrible depiction of Dick Tracy based on that?
0: No, because a lot of the strips I read were black and white. I don't know what it was in color because apparently that that movie was like filmed and I think it was filmed in primary colors for that specific reason for the color pages and so on.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I Christian, don't know. Chris, the color didn't exist when Christian was a young boy. <laughs> I
0: know, that movie doesn't stick out as a freaking like fantastic movie to me. Anyway,
2: yeah, but
1: fifteen a on a list is not really that good. But I can't believe it's yeah, but, above but, 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 three hundred.
2: But, 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 yeah, exactly. Better than 300. Or what was the other one that we already said was lower? Yeah, I would put, put 300. V for Vendetta? V for Vendetta? Fuck Come you, on. Dick Tracy. Viva yeah, Viva. Dick Tracy should that. be number
1: 20 for sure. Uh, next one, number 14, Hellboy, the first movie, which was excellent. Excellent. Uh, I like that one. But how number are they 13?
3: putting Hellboy 1 higher than Hellboy 2? Hellboy 2 was far
1: superior to that. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you ask the people at fandomania.com? <laughs> What's their well, number?
2: I'll uh, get them on Skype. Well, yeah, I, I want to start a beef with them. I don't like their fucking list. Well, I don't think you're going I think,
1: to... I think as I go on, you're, not, you're probably not going to start to like it anymore. Uh, number 13, Constantine. Wow. Fuck! Uh, oh, yeah, oh, shut That That
2: is, oh, that is bullshit because you know, the only <laughs> I thing I wanted surprised. to talk about on this list was uh, the things I thought were the worst adaptations, and that was the one because oh, there's yeah. a fucking guy who... I love that comic. That movie is a horrible representation of what that comic is and I'm freaking it's this- on this list higher than all that other stuff these guys are fucking arseholes well okay, i let's think
0: let's move I- on to the little lulu movie
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> hold on and number 12 spider-man 2 okay oh but number 11 which is kind of far up in the list x-men 2 i mean it's not closer to the bottom x-men 2 i love that movie that movie's awesome oh that's a great movie yeah yeah you're yes. yeah. going
2: higher on the list i would think Yes, let's keep going. going. Still, if this was okay. a
1: list by us, I was going to break it up, but let's keep going. Might as well. Uh, number ten ahead of its uh, sequel, uh, X Men One. Okay, that's wrong. Keep going. Yeah, number nine, Superman, nineteen seventy eight version. Holy shit! What is the? T- I, I'm I, okay. Keep I'm wondering going. if they accidentally put it in reverse order. Like I, I was reading this, and I was just like. What's with these people? I, I did see some other lists that were better, but this one I just thought was kind of funny. Number eight, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, what? God, okay. Oh,
2: my God. Okay, this, this is starting to make a lot of sense now.
1: Number seven, Batman, 1989, Tim Burton. Yeah. Sin City. Okay, well, there's something close. Uh, yeah, it should be a bit higher. But but beating out Sin City is number five, The Crow.
2: Well, I mean, actually, that, that is a is a, that's an, an, pretty good, an, an, an amazing adaptation. That's true. it is amazing, amazing film, and, and great book. You know, and and, and true life story. James Obar. I mean, that's actually that's perfect. That's probably hard to argue true with. True life story. Yeah. What? Yeah, the guy who wrote that. This all about like fucking what happened to him uh, in his life. He went to the military and uh, all this bullshit. James O'Barr, the guy who wrote the comic book. It was like a way of dealing with something that happened to him. like his Not exactly that exact story,
0: but like... Okay, and, 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 I thought he was killed and brought back to life to fight against his freaking... No, no, I was going to say, Jesus <laughs> Christ. There's hope. We can become superheroes yet. There's hope.
2: Um, no, not that part of the story, you fucking
1: idiot. Number four, The Dark Knight. Okay. Uh, number three, Iron Man. Number two, Watchmen. And the number one uh, movie on Fandomania's top 20 adaptations from comic books is Batman Begins. Wow. No
0: no Superman 2 at all. I know. But, but like, when they they talk about the Dark Knight, I mean, not to jump back on the subject... What are they talking about? Like, what is it adapting? What is the specific source material that's adapting? I mean, they're it's just loose. saying
3: Batman there, Chris. Yeah, exactly.
0: Because they're not, they're not, they're not adapting. Because the, the, the key to adaptations is that they're taking something that exists as a story encapsulated on its own, and then bringing that to the screen. Batman what? and the Dark Knight Returns. There's well, not say... any specific story that they're referencing. They're just, they're referencing elements of a cross section of many stories.
1: Ob- yeah, and obviously, great movies taken with a with a character. or or an intellectual property that they enjoy. But I guess I was also reading that the Dark Knight uses subplots from Batman The Long Halloween. Now, I don't... I didn't put no, 2 no, and two no, together. You know, you know what, you know what that that doesn't really matter because Superman 2, which we think is a better film,
2: doesn't necessarily take anything from comic books either. I would say at the end of the day this is a list about comic book uh a property-inspired film. Inspired, ad- inspired film. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and we and, and we would argue specifically that uh you know some of these things uh, I mean sure some of their top uh, ones are pretty damn good, but there are there are some
0: Superman 2 not even being on the list is No, uh, uh, no, they've picked picked good comic book movies, but they haven't picked fucking comic book movies that have adapted fucking specific properties outside of the film itself.
3: And I think that's what we would said before, Christian, is that uh, with that genre, you have to just kind of excuse that and say it's kind of like... Well, you're getting a fucking Lone Ranger movie, or you're getting yeah. a a Tarzan movie. They're just ta- they're basing it off the character. I think that's changing now, but I think when people say top twenty five IGN's top twenty five comic book to movies, it's just translating the character in most cases. Yeah,
1: the, the problem was they actually named this adaptation. Yeah, and they're, and they're, they're, they're A little loose, a little loose, um, very but, loose you're loose okay moving along to keep things uh keep things going I, we had the video games on there as well as adaptations now these obviously aren't direct translations like we've been talking about this is and you know i almost have to laugh at this one because video games generally you've got some general plot and you've got an idea of a character and then they go and they go make movies out of it i think inherently video game movies are kind of poor and 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 to, to prove my point, A little bit. Uh, Up to this point, the number one rated video game movie on Rotten Tomatoes is our newest, is Prince of Persia, with a whopping 38%. That's the highest ranked uh, video game uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, like that's the the best reviewed video game? best reviewed video game uh, translation or adaptation. Prince of Persia with 38%. The next one, Mortal Kombat... At 35%. Resident Evil, 34%. And the worst and lowest, and D. Giovanni's favorite movie, Double Dragon, with <laughs> it zero. Got <laughs> it got zero. Well,
2: you know you what know, you know, you know, I was going to say? I was, was going to say, is there, is, is there actually even any good ones? But i got to say, those Resident Evil movies with milo Djibovic are, aren't bad action movies. But aside from that, I, I don't think there's any, any anyone that I can think of that no, you're like, oh, my no. God, that's a great movie.
1: There's not really. There are a couple com- like come for upcoming ones, and I don't even know. Uh, apparently, July 18th, Phantom Ruler, Zorark. Never even heard of that. Out. I don't know. Resident Evil Afterlife, I've seen the trailer for that. Looks like a Resident Evil movie with a lot of ass kicking and tight clothes, which is good. That's September 9th, 2010. Blood Rain 3, The Third Reich. That's supposed to come out this year. Kane and Lynch. Never played that game.
0: No, that's and a big one, though. Caden Lynch is supposed to be Bruce Willis and Jamie Foxx, isn't it? Oh,
1: really? I yeah. don't know. I didn't, I didn't know.
0: Even though in the video game, both characters are Caucasian. Not.
2: I
1: know. You know I was, I was going say, say. I I to uh, say, yeah, yeah. But you know what? With, in this
3: case, uh, this is a very new medium, right? So uh, we're at kind of the, uh, the birth of these now adaptations of video games. These are only going to get better because initially, in all these movies that you're talking about, Double Dragon and fucking they made that Super Mario Brother bullshit movie and all that other crap. A lot of those games that you're talking uh, five years ago, they made a you know Doom movie with the fucking Rock, which was god awful. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, isn't it, it's i it, Have seen that movie? It's the terrible. Camera,
0: the camera, has like the first person
3: yeah. perspective and shit. But my but point oh, is that, that that that's only like in the last fucking minute. yeah. But my point is, is a lot of the for, the initial properties that they were using didn't have a lot of story. Like, Let's be honest, the game was just character, action, go. Let's make a movie out of yeah. it. And these writers are being left to kind of going, and let's be honest, hack writers, hack directors for a large portion of this are kind of going, all right, I'll try to make a fucking movie out of Doom or Mario yeah. Brothers. Yeah. As it's evolving and as they're becoming, the video games is becoming may, way more mainstream, to your point, high bigger name Talent like Bruce Willis's, you know, Sam Raimi is is attached to direct the World of Warcraft fucking movie. You know, it's like you're going to get bigger name talent on uh, on these sort of properties, and these properties have more story to them. They have larger worlds. This, I, I I think you're going to see better movies eventually. I just think where we are at now, there just hasn't been any because they've been adapting the wrong properties. I think with video games, you're going to see that uh, you're going to have to allow people to take the most creative license in their adaptations. And and, and the reason is, what has happened before when people have said, Jesus Christ, said uh, video game X is cool. The problem with it is these directors are trying to replicate the experience of simply the game. And that brings up the idea of Doom. Remember the first-person shooter? Well, let's take that and put it in the movie. But that... That doesn't make a movie duplicating efforts of like how a character jumps and flips and shoots it, that, that, that people play that in a game. They're not going into a movie to see that. So no. this is the one where you need to go get a, a strong writer to say, oh, you know what? There's some there's a cool universe here. Let me take it and kind of expand on it. And I get, you know, there are some examples of like Halo and World of Warcraft and all that other shit that could, in the right hands, make pretty cool movies, but they shouldn't just go, let's remake that one scene that was very popular in the game and have the character jump, punch, jump, punch. Like, like
1: what we said, they need to treat it more like a property and then just write a thing around it like yeah. they would with Spider-Man, Superman, and all yeah. that
2: stuff. Well, well, the, the only thing I, I, I would say, too, though, is but like uh, like um, comic books, though, is that they're doing that and they're they're just making up stories the the stories in games are getting better so they need to start just taking you know like if you look at like a drake's fortune why not just make that almost verbatim like you would a comic book story you know page for page why not make that yeah. into a movie yeah. Like, well, yeah uncharted,
1: uncharted it is on the, the list as well
2: yeah i was going to one. mention like, that like like, like that sorry just let me finish my fucking point um, you know, like the fact that it's the fact that, it, 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 the fact that it, it's about a guy. You know, it's about the character who's almost like an Indiana Jones guy. And the fact that you play it as a game is that experience, but the movie experience, almost more like a Tomb Raider, really. As much as those weren't the greatest movies, they were more on probably part of what a uh, uh, an adaptation should be.
1: Right, and then there's something else that I think is, is, is that people are looking at right now, and um, that could be the way to go with um, video games. You know, director John Hillcoat. He did The Road. Apparently, he's directed a 30-minute short film for this Red Dead Redemption. Now, this 30-minute short is is online uh, now. I can't tell you works. I wasn't able to find it yet, because I haven't looked. Uh, it's a glimpse inside the life of the, of uh, John Marsden, who you play in the game as he journeys through the American West, uh, hunting down his his the brothers in arms. Now, the interesting thing is he used only in-game assets and original camera work and editing from it to put this 30-minute thing together. It would be interesting to see what, he, what has been done with that, but I, I wonder if that's more along the lines of what you're going to get from video games, and then maybe that's a good stepping stone into good full-length feature films.
0: What, like to actually take, like, instead of filming it, like digitally creating it?
1: Well, no, but, I mean, in this case, that's what he's, that's what he's done, like, to, to sort of give something else. And I find it interesting that he's, it's said, used only in-game assets and original camera work.
0: You know what? I, so, think, I, I think the solution to making this thing being done right is to find a director who actually likes the source material and gives a shit and actually makes an effort to make it good.
1: Yeah, right. that's exactly uh, that's that. A, that's a good point. So yeah, obviously, I mean, there's not very much in... Go ahead, Bill.
0: but you have You have to have someone who's interested, I totally agree, but
2: you know again, just to go back to last week's episode, you know that was a was the game portal we didn't look at where that game looked so 3 d it actually it it looked like it was a real actor, the guy who was in the game. I was like, that looks like it's that kind of three d uh you're like you know when they actually film it and they make it look like animation and so you know to Andrew's point especially as so much of movies now are effects anyways and and science fiction shows you know I think the the blending of these two mediums to your point Andrew of you know a 30 second short with used with game assets or whatever I think we're just going to see more and more of that shit as we go forward
1: yeah yeah I agree uh but like video games for adaptations obviously dry at this point but I think there could be a a future as DJ was talking about Let's go on to our last little uh, segment for television adaptations. Uh, Who's got one of those for me? Uh, Well, I have one. Uh, You know, TV is definitely one they've gone to the well quite a bit. Uh, They've
3: made a lot of shit, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I I think there's been some really good examples of, uh, you know, TV adaptations. And mine might be a little surprising, but I think it's pretty damn good. I think a really good adaptation of a TV show... Is the Brady Bunch movie? Uh, this is the movie directed by Betty Thomas, and this worked out really well. I know that might be I, I maybe I'm hearing some silence from the other guys, but this was a good reinvention of a TV show uh, to bring into the fi- you know to bring to film years and years later. This was actually they played it a lot more uh, you know almost spoofing the original series uh, and placing it where the Bradys were kind of trapped back in the the 60s and 70s, and then they were living in modern times. Very funny shit. The, the, the original film was very funny, and I thought this worked as a great homage
1: slash bringing the uh, the, the property uh, to life in a new day and age. That, that's funny that you say that. When I remember when Brady Bunch had come out, and I still—I don't even think I watched that.
0: What the original
2: series? No, you no don't.
1: the movie. The movie, you smartass. And when you know, movie...
2: I, you know, I thought I thought it was funny. It's like it's funny that you said
3: that, but it's good because I thought it sucked. <laughs> you thought the Brady Bunch movie sucked? Eh, that was me. I
1: mean, I don't, I don't even think I watched it. Oh I mean, man, man, it's, it's funny. funny.
3: I totally
0: disagree. I mean, I was actually thinking that boy, th- this is an inspired uh, friggin' choice for crying out. Because I tell you, there, this is the this is the. Perfect way to do that that show into a movie because there's no way they can do a direct translation and treat it seriously. There's absolutely no. no way. You have to treat it with comedy, and a lot of it's based on the live performances. I think they've did in California, New York City, of the Brady Bunch, so to speak, because like, there's like a traveling cast who did it like the episodes live, but. They did it perfectly, not over-the-top comedy, but just enough to keep it friggin' hilarious and still stay faithful to the original series. I think it's a pretty damn good choice.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and like I was saying uh, before Christian jumped in and stole it from me. Uh, and I thought it was funny when this when this uh, came out. I started thinking, what are we going to get next? Like Laverne and Shirley? Are we going to get the Happy Days gang into a movie? And you know what? It, it's, it's funny. Like that tongue in cheek would probably work for any of those old television shows because you could not take it seriously.
0: No, well, I want to see. I want to see Laverne and Shirley down by Martin Scorsese, crying out loud. These two <laughs> New York City sluts, horn it
3: up as they work days at the beer factory. <laughs> And it, yeah, I know exactly these fucking, and, you know. That
2: sounds awesome.
3: And Laverne's, La- Laverne's Italian, so this really works with her. You know, her dad owns, or uncle, or dad has a pizza shop. This is this all
2: of
1: totally. It it Totally.
2: It, it's a pizzeria, but no one ever eats there. It's really yeah, weird. Yeah,
1: everyone dies at the end.
0: Because everyone knows all Italian women are sluts. <laughs> oh, my Good God.
1: God.
3: Uh, but uh, you know, And you tell me, the big Ragu Carmine is just a character that's dying to be made in a film.
0: I came from rags to riches.
3: <laughs> but, you know, Andrew, that idea that you said with, like, uh, you know, the Happy Days gang and all that shit, like, I don't know how many times you can go to the well. I think the way uh, the Brady Bunch did. You can go
2: a few times
3: to the well. The Hollywood's known to do it.
2: There's usually a couple of bucketfuls of water in the well. Yeah. why it's a well.
3: But the Brady Bunch, I think the way they, the, the way they did it, where they, uh, kind of the way they tapped into it and reinvented the series by where, though Christian Stead still showing some respect to the original series of what it was about, uh, it, it was just such a clever, I don't want to say reinterpretation, but, uh, but that's almost what it was of the show. And Gary Cole as Mr. Oh, my
1: is fucking God.
3: hilarious in that, in that movie. So, you know, it's, Uh, If you guys haven't seen it, I know, or Andrew, if you haven't seen it, I would say check it out. It's if you ever watch the show, and then you, you know, if you see it cast as if it was all of a sudden the Brady's were still, you know, kind of trapped in that time era, and then living in the late nineties, it's pretty clever. I have to. It is. It is
0: fantastic. And Gary Cole, I gotta again reiterate that that guy is fucking awesome in this movie. If you forget Office Space, his performance in this movie as Mr. Brady is hilarious.
3: Uh, And so uh, that was one, and I mean, I think an obvious one when you're thinking of uh, uh, TV shows, and this is something that's near and dear, I think I'll get a better response out of the the Atomic Geeks on this one, and I think this one is just a little, you know, obvious, is The Naked Gun, because, you know, this was a great example of translating that, you know, short-lived Police Squad series uh, that only lasted for six episodes and making it into a film, uh, and, you know, and this is that example of, That sort of Zucker spoofness, uh, it was hard to do that in a 22-minute format, and it was sort of made to be in feature length where it had more room to breathe and you could fill the more with more sight gags. Just Naked Gun, classic fucking movie, and, you know, Frank Drebin was a character that deserved and needed to be on the big screen.
1: Yeah, it's funny because when you talk about TV adaptations, there are so many bad TV adaptations out there you know like the fat albert and the flintstones wild wild Wild, wild. like the mod oh, squad the
0: flintstones wasn't that bad i mean Christ's
3: yeah. sakes i mean oh my god what, I mean, shut
0: the uh, shut shut the fuck up. Let, 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 let
2: let's go back to what christian what, what were you saying though You're, what was the one we were just talking about naked gun naked gun i mean the 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 interesting thing about that is that in fact here's a product that worked better as a movie than it did a TV show. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. at least the two films that it did, well, the third film, at least two of them were pretty damn good, though. You know what I mean? And, and probably made way more money than the TV series ever did.
3: Well, considering it only lasted for six episodes, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love those shows, though.
0: And they should have stopped at two movies, because then that was just perfect.
1: I, that, those are, like, seriously, that is just gold all over VHS now, tape. You,
2: Cause... Now, now now, Christian can talk about the Flintstones if he wants. Honestly, <laughs> with
0: the material that they had to source from to make an actual live-action translation... But why not do it? Bad, not bad. bad. But for what that, they did, though, like you got to at least admit, it. they made a decent effort, for Christ's sakes. I'm not saying it's high fucking art, for Christ's sakes. I'm not saying, my God, it mirrors their animated cartoon so perfectly. But still, <laughs> no, okay, for Christ's sakes.
2: Yes, you were. You were saying, like, Oscar material. You were saying, like, the fucking Flintstones
0: <laughs> listen, is the listen. best If you want to talk about Viva Rock Vegas, ever. it's a different story. But that original movie... Yeah, not bad for Christ's sake. my like, god! You
2: actually know the two fucking sequ- the first from the sequel, the name of it.
0: That's pretty sad.
2: I saw I'm the sorry.
1: Flintstones in the theater. I think. The oh god, one. god! <laughs> you wearing cool? a Flintstone. No, I didn't. DJ's wearing a Flintstone shirt right now. You guys game. are fucking liars. You never saw the Flintstones in the theater. No, sir, I didn't. In fact, I, I, I don't, know if I I don't
3: see, even think I've seen today.
0: that movie. I mean, yeah. are you thinking of actually making a live-action version of that animated show? That's a pretty mammoth undertaking, to say the least. And I didn't think they did that bad a job. John I'm going to agree
3: with Christian on this. John think,
0: Goodman is pretty inspired casting. I mean, if I'm going to get nitpicky and <laughs> I mean, Rick Moranis is vulnerable, eh. But he did a service- serviceable
3: job. <laughs> i got to say, Christian, I agree with you. High art, this is not... But it's the it's the goddamn Flintstones. And I think, you know, you, you have to take some of these properties uh, with a grain of salt. They can't, can't all be much out of it. Yeah, like, and I mean, and I think for what it was, I mean, it's is it a great movie? Far from it. But, you know, is it an okay, you know, adaptation of fucking the Flintstones? Eh, you're right. It's not bad.
1: You know what? You know, what? Okay. Uh, for me, what was on my list for a television to film adaptation, which I really, really liked. Uh, for more than one reason, and that's Serenity, uh, taking Joss Whedon's uh, television show, obviously Firefly, and taking taking into that movie. I think it's great because it's yeah. bigger budget, it's bigger screen, it's all that. And for the the second reason why I really love it is because I didn't watch Firefly, and yeah, Serenity. Yeah, but it's not really an adaptation, though. Well, this it's is not a, is though. Flintstones. It's, really a, like a, it's the same characters. And I was going to say, no, it's Luke, yes, when it is. The Flintstones
0: <laughs> is an adaptation. The Flintstones they were is a direct cartoon. story. Yes, but they were taking direct storylines from the fucking cartoon, little bits and pieces there, and translating the screen. Serenity oh, was a, a, a continuation of uh, the television series that ended prematurely. Yes, I know, it ended prematurely. Wah, wah, wah. I feel bad about it too.
1: All right, well, Get the come fuck on. I over don't think it. you can argue. I think you can say well, uh, safely that well, this know, is a film that came from a television show. Yeah, yeah but, but it's not
0: an adaptation, I, though. It's not. Well, and I'll
2: actually argue that. I think the TV show is better than the movie, actually. So I, and I I'm
1: not like saying better. I'm just saying it's good, and there, you know why I like it. And if you listen to what I was saying when I was saying it, is I didn't watch the show before it, so I watched the movie first, and that got me into the show. I'm so thankful that I did that, Andrew. And i terribly, got... I, terribly upset I brought this the whole thing up.
3: No, Andrew, I'm a, I'm going to agree with you because I did, Christian, I understand the point you're making about adaptation, but you have to understand when there, when you were having this conversation. Fifty percent of the material, whether we're talking video games, comics, TV, whatever, they're, they're not going to be that word for word translation. Taking an old episode, taking an old comic. No, book. No,
0: no, but that's not true because that is what an adaptation is. No, but Firefly, Firefly is not going
1: to be Firefly is not going to be nominated
0: for an. Our uh, is not going to be nominated for an Oscar because it's not taken for anyway. Whatever. Okay, I understand what you're saying.
3: I think, we, I think the conversation was properties that were originally TV books and all that and, and made into film. I agree with you. Some of them are direct adaptations, but we have to be a little loose on it. I think Andrew's example of Serenity works. It's like saying the X-Files movie deserves to be in this conversation, whether you liked it or didn't. I mean, even though they didn't adapt a fucking episode of the X-Files, Star Trek
1: should be in this conversation. Yeah, the wrath of Khan. Crazy, I don't agree. Okay, well then you just okay. be quiet for the rest of the show.
0: I will can I talk about. <laughs> can I say
2: my one? Sure. So, um, you know, because you guys are talking about high art, this ain't. Uh, you know. Dijo's favorite director, Mick G, uh, directed the uh, Charlie's Angels adaptations, which I think are some pretty fucking goddamn fun movies, as a matter of fact. And I think that's exactly what an adaptation is t- for you, I, Mr. Christian. Well, I think Christian,
1: Christian will argue that it's a story that's different from the blah, blah, blah. It's the same no, character. No, but it's not a continuation
0: stuff. of a story. They're taking the the actual property itself, the actual, you know, the basically the bare bones of that project and exploiting it into a new film that... Uh, I serenity, I, you're, you're serenity are, star are, are, trek they're all continuations of existing storylines they are not creating something different or new from an existing product
1: yeah i don't know because uh, you do create new storylines say for charlie's angels right so you take an existing product you create a new the thing, movie and that's serenity movie.
0: T- the movie serenity
1: continues off
0: where the tv series ended
2: I okay just for my two cents I completely agree with Christian that for the for for argument's sake uh Serenity is not a it's not a reimagining it's the same cast doing the same job it's just a continuation of the story versus right. what I'm talking about which is Charlie's Angels now yeah. we had to we, we had to have that conversation in comic books but in comic books we agreed that that just doesn't make sense. Well, we have to also agree that in in, in television too, but I think, Christian, I, I hear what you're saying. Serenity specifically, you know, it's hard to say that that's an adaptation because it's just – and and agree and same with X Files. X Files doesn't either. It's just it's just more of the same people doing the same job yeah. and instead of in an hour episode on, on your television, it's now an hour and a half and it's Yeah, on, because in a, in they a, can't a, get no.
0: back on T V, so the only way to continue their adventures is on the big screen. I mean in Star Trek the next generation, Picard doesn't show up with a frickin' toupee and a different costume in this fucking movie. He's the same old Picard and things have progressed, relationships have changed, people are promoted, all that kind of shit. In comparison to the original series, and, and, and so and so and, and so and so, the reason that's important is because I think uh, is that you
2: judge things differently. You know, that's not really a reimagining if it's still um, Patrick Stewart playing Picard. It's still Patrick Stewart playing Picard. So, you know, in terms of how I judge that as a, as an adaptation, well, it's it's the same as the last one because a lot of the a lot of the variables are the same. Christian, I,
0: would you right. agree? Yeah, That's I apologize fair. for being a big prick. How no, and that? I
3: and I understand your I get both of your <laughs> and Downs's points, but I thought the the concept of this episode was saying some uh translating material that started elsewhere and continued well, in movies. Yeah, That's I'm, what it means. Whether it's a fucking adaptation or if it's taking characters and continuing their story on the screen at, at the end of the fucking day, Star Trek: The Next Generation started on television and it became a movie. That's a, that's a part of it. Deserves to be in this conversation. Right. Okay,
1: I think we've killed, well, we've killed that. Well, no, I understand nothing, what you're no, saying, look, Christian. You're being literal, and the no, rest but, of us are loosely but, basing our. But, but the thing is, though,
2: is it but it's it's kind of not because on one hand you're saying. You know, we're judging things that, okay, what was something that took something, like specifically in our book example, you know, in a book, you only have the written word. And so you have to imagine up everything. So, you know, to be a good adaptation from a book to a film, it's much more difficult than being a TV show that is already, it's all the same actors, the same characters. Now you're just like, okay, and now we're in a film. So, you know, that's what makes it
1: hard to make it an adaptation too, because you already seen this, it's already technically on celluloid or or on videotape or whatever you want to say so you see the characters you do that and who better to play them than the ones who already played them themselves it's harder to do an adaptation or to technically as far as christian's saying do an adaptation of something unless it's old and everyone's dead or it was a cartoon
0: no that's not true i don't agree with either of your points that's simple well, as that. so okay, let's can move we talk on about charlie's angels th- or yes, no, no? does no
2: one like my aunt's my uh, suggestion of charlie's angels i don't pray you if i don't like the movie I don't want to talk I, about it. I'll be honest. I like it, Drew Barrymore. Fucking hotness, hotness, cars, hotness.
3: <laughs> no, it's. A, I, I think it's a good example. I think it's that is a, a you know a reinterpretation, reinvention of the of a of a, of a series that worked well in, on the big screen. I think it's a good example of that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, since since we kinda got kinda got off there a little bit arguing about the television topics, I'm gonna skip out on the uh, talking about all the bad ones because you know what? There's probably tons of them. And we'll have to revisit that at another time. All right, let's go on to our atomic picks. Atomic, atomic picks, Mr. DiGiovanni.
3: Uh, a couple atomic picks for me tonight. Talking about great books that were turned into movies. You know, you gotta mention the Harry Potter films, and what has just been released on the intro web is the first full trailer for the last book. The Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. That is, uh, You can find it at uh, Yahoo Movies or pretty much any motherfucking website. Let me tell you this, fans. Go check this out. If you like Harry Potter and this fucking trailer doesn't
1: get you excited, you might want to check your pulse. That uh, sounds a bit odd. He's getting excited about a young boy. Anyway. What?
3: <laughs> Anywho. Uh, and my second atomic pick is a comic book, Uh, and this is a one-shot from Image Comics, uh, and it's a pretty goofy one. The title of it is Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark. This is, uh, here's, I have to read the actual premise of it. Do not go out at night. Grizzly Shark lurks in these woods, and there are many dangers of the deep, but none so deadly as Sea Bear. This is absurdity at its fucking best. This was two artists that were basically at a comic convention late at night doodling and decided they came up with this fucking idea of they got mixed up. What if a bear fucking was in the ocean and a shark was rampaging in the forest and came up with this fucking comic book? So they each tell these stories. This really feels almost like a webcomic actually in print. It's really silly Very absurd, but just fun, creative inspiration. So if you wanted to get a kick out of a a book and you just wanted to read something that was called Sea Bear and Grizzly Shark, check out this image comic one-shot. All right, uh, Mr. Downs.
2: Uh haven't had a whole lot of time to think about this type of thing, so I'll tell you the only thing I've uh, taken any spare time to do was watch Season 2, Episode 1 of Hung. That's right, at the time of this recording, it aired last night, uh, right alongside of True Blood. Uh, you know, loving that my summer TV is back on, Hung and True Blood both uh, kicking my ass.
1: I think uh, Entourage just kicked off, too, didn't it?
2: As a a matter of fact, that's right, but I have to wait for my wife in Ontario so I couldn't watch that. But, uh, yeah, Entourage (laughs) is back as well. Cool. Um, And and so, so in fact, what's that? That's uh, Just to tie into our topics, uh, what's that? This season and one more of Entourage, and then they're doing a movie,
0: actually, which would be a continuation, not a reimagining. (laughs)
1: Mr. Nielsen.
0: My atomic pick this week is a website known as Tested.com. Now, I'm not the most technically savvy of the atomic geeks. I'm not one to basically lurk among the gadget sites and so on and so on. But this uh, site, Tested.com, speaks to me only because it gives me kind of like more user-friendly solutions to problems that I actually am interested in. Uh, For example, some of their popular topics are How to build an awesome Windows Home server for only $500. How to rip DVDs to play on any device for free. And how to steal Mac OS's features, best features for Windows. Stuff like that actually genuinely interests me. As not being a confess tech, uh, you know, junkie, this kind of stuff actually makes me interested to read. And the way it's written, the way it's, you know, Projected to me uh, makes it easy for me or freaking Luddites like me to understand. So why don't you check out
1: www.tested.com. My uh, my Atomic Pick, I uh, talked about it last week. Uh, we got the downloaded, uh, or I downloaded the free content for Red Dead Redemption, and it was the uh, online co-op games. Now, Christian and I got on there and played. These are... <laughs> Really good, really enjoyable. I'm still loving this game, uh, and the co-op missions are fun. The one interesting thing is if there's just two of you, they're going to hook you up with uh, another bunch of strangers that hate your guts because Christian and I talk too much and sing while we're playing, uh, but you get to go through and uh, do all sorts of cattle ranging and saving hostages and shooting people on boats, uh, and it is awesome fun. Let me just like chime in there. I enjoyed these
0: missions. I can't wait to play it with more people. So it's just the four of us instead of playing with strangers. Very, yeah. very fucking challenging missions. And more importantly, the n- latest Star Trek movie is a reimagining <laughs> oh, of the original oh. television series and not a continuation of that Anyway, sorry, that's it, but uh, Red Dead Redemption co-op missions are awesome.
1: This just in, Christian's annoying. All right, well, that's going to do it for the Atomic Geeks episode 72. I just want to throw out uh, one special thanks to Cordy uh, from Kentucky for your topic idea. Hopefully we did it justice. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Now we're going to have to send you out a T-shirt, I guess. Get that one with the holes. Um, (laughs) The Atomic Geeks, you can find us on all sorts of media. We're tweeting on the Twitter uh, we have a Facebook group, as you hear us say every week, um, and the theatomicgeeks.com is the best place for all uh, discussions on everything we talk about and all things geeky. Um, before we go, Giovanni, you're the host next week. What do you got for us? Well, next week, we're going to be doing movie character spin offs. All right. That sounds interesting. It does. Uh, Uh, Okay. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. He's just so high. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the Atomic Geeks. (laughs) I'm really tired. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Atomic Geeks. This is episode 72. Andrew Bloom signing out. Good night.
0: You've just listened to another episode of the Atomic Geeks. Visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. Production by Andrew Bloom. Title track by Don't Look Down.
1: Oh. Excuse me. I heard him say that. (laughs) No, don't say that. I I
0: usually mute my microphone when I do that, when I say that.
2: (laughs) I was going to edit it out. If you don't say (laughs) anything, I just cut that fucking one bit out.
1: Okay, start over then. Now I forgot what I was saying.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's right. Fuck him. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I thought about
1: that when I said it, too. I'm like, fuck, i got to edit that. Uh, no, wait. So what was I saying, though? You're talking about something that Christian said. Uh, you had already uh, talked about Christian, Jack Black. Christian,
0: very handsome. I can't believe how good he's at podcasting. Fuck. Go
2: ahead. Uh, shut up. Now I can't remember. <laughs> You're fucking making it worse. Um <laughs>